Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Sports gambling is legal. Yeah, United States. Yo, it is about time. Miles, I can't tell you how excited I am that we can actually gamble legally. Hey, guys, it was legal before. We were doing it a different way, you know, offshore. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, it was technically legal, right. But but now we are officially talking about an activity that is 100% legal in the United States of America. And it is only a matter of time before we see many states adopt yes. um, this rule and getting these sports books into place. Miles, I'm super excited. So um, just to give a little background for anybody who might not know what we're talking about. So in a 6-3 th- decision, the uh, Supreme Court struck down the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, otherwise known as the PASPA. Um, this means before it was a federal offense to gamble, to sports gamble. Um, this has been in effect since 1993. Um, now it is up to the the state's discretion, whether they allow sports gambling or not, because there's no federal law against it. Um, the only places where you could do that before um, was Nevada. And now you're going to be seeing, uh, I mean, so this, this is what I want to start this conversation off with. What are the sports books going to look like? I think sports books are going to be like, in some states, like if you look in like New Jersey, I think it's going to be like more of a convenience store. Mm-hmm. I think sports books for other states are going to be like little small like uh, dog tracks. Like, you know, they're dog tracks, but now it's just going to be a book. And what I'm really excited for is is when it starts to turn into maybe you don't need to go to the sports book, but you know you're going to an Orlando Magic game and you're just going to buy your ticket. You're going to get your, your sports bet tickets at the game, at the venue. Bingo. We're going to start seeing professional sports arenas double as places to – Put your sports bet, and not only that, watch owners now open up their arenas to the public. Yeah, when games aren't even going on, putting uh, sporting events on the big screen, taking bets, making money. Yeah, I see it, and I think that like when you start to see a lot of these uh, new stadiums that are being built and arenas that are being built, I think they kind of had that notion in mind because a lot of them are even the Magic's building this Magic um, experience where there's screens on the outside like big jumbotrons i think it can be like a box office you know instead of having a box office they have their ticket window where you go up there you place your bet you sit there you watch outside that way i mean just imagine how much more of the demographic in the market they can target because the people who are like the people who can't afford a ticket they might be that sounds funny can't afford a ticket but they can afford to gamble but whatever they can afford to get a ticket um for gambling and also afford to buy things that are around like uh it is more opportunities to sell I feel like that too uh, with sports betting that there's not going to be as big of a stigma around it yeah. as say, you know, poker or blackjack because I feel like it's going to be more commercialized. Yeah, I think that it's it's going to be better overall. Um, I'm also really excited just for the fact like, can you imagine you're out having a great time and you just want to go live bet at the actual arena? That's what I'm really excited for. I'm really excited for you know sports to grow from this because there's so many people who are interested in sports betting but they didn't know where or they didn't want to trust the untrustworthy bookie or didn't want to join a sports betting site and it take months to get their money now they have the convenience of doing it at a sports book um i wanted to go over a couple people are are, are trying they're confused what happens like what does this look like now now there's nothing really that is you know set um, New Jersey will be the first place, and they might have it as early as Memorial Day weekend, um, which is awesome. But I'm just going to give a quick rundown of the states that have full-scale betting, um, recently passed bills, um, and uh, states that have 
recent bills introduced but not yet passed, just so you know what's going on. Full scale would be Las Ve- in Nevada, obviously with Las Vegas and everything. Um, s- states that are on their way that will be the next wave will be Mississippi, West Virginia, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Those are the ones that are already on their way that could, they said they could have, some of them could have it as early as the NBA Finals. The next wave are those who have a bill, it hasn't passed yet. Um, I'm going to name some of the big ones because there's a lot on this list, but we got California, we got um, Oklahoma, Louisiana, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New York. Um, those are just to name some of them. And then the rest that I didn't name, like your bigger states that, Nothing's happened yet, like Florida, uh, Tennessee, um, Washington, Hawaii, Arizona. Those states don't have any bills yet, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing on the horizon. And as we see more and more uh, of these uh, of this legislation getting rolled out, I think that we're going to start to see on the sports side, uh, organizations and leagues, they're going to now be trying to win this battle for the fan yeah. that, that we're going to see because now we are going to be more valuable. And, you know, to them, for people who aren't familiar with how sports books and sports bettors make their money, they don't make money, they don't try to make money off of people going on the wrong side of a bet. They try to make that even money. So if you're unfamiliar with how that goes is um, you pay a commission or called the juice on every bet. Every $100 bet has the juice or the commission. If, if the bets are even, so half the, te- half the world takes one side of the bet, and the other half takes the other side of the bet, and it's a and it's a a spread value, not a money line value, because the, the, the casino does pay, they do pay commission on that as well. They're making money off both sides as long as it breaks even. Now, think about them breaking even, making money, right? But a lot of the people who spent their money, I mean, who made good money out there, they're going to spend more money inside the, the venue. Yeah, and it just leads to more fan dollars. I think so, too. Um, so a question I have for you, do you think sports are going to start to become rigged? So, integrity, right? Integrity, you know, keep, yeah. Yeah, uh, keeping the integrity of the league, I think, is going to be a big deal. I was worried about this initially, but after everything that I've read, what I wasn't aware of is that, the, uh, specifically, the NBA and the MLB have already been fighting to have a part in uh, what Vegas was making on yeah. sports betting. So, this was really interesting for me to learn about, that that they are so concerned with keeping the integrity of their lead uh, league and avoiding rigging that they are paying offshore companies to monitor discrepancies in yeah. scoring. And that's really cool you said that. And you think about the, the major sports that were on the forefront of helping um, helping this bill pass. When I was reading about it, they're saying NBA, um, MLB, who else was in there? PGA Tour was the one that really... That's a big one. When, when I said that, when I read that the PGA Tour, like, this, like anybody who knows golf, that's the most buttoned-down sport there is. Like, by the book, you... Attire is even serious there. And when I read that they were one of the people who were on the forefront and out there trying to get this, one of the lobbyists trying to get this passed was wow. In today's business world, you have to be savvy enough to know when the landscape is changing. Yeah. And that's a good example right there of the PGA Tour taking the lead there. Um, well, not necessarily taking the lead, but the NBA and the MLB really are at the forefront of this. Yeah. Uh, but, but they recognize the money that could be in this. I, I think it's... This is probably one of the coolest things that we're, we're going to see in our lifetime when it comes to sports betting. Um, I mean, all of you guys who listen to our podcast and everyone out there who who we are in contact with that's in the sports betting community, we you, no matter what, you, you alluded to it earlier, we were looked at as the, the, the stigma, like 
we have a problem, but now it's going to be commercialized, and people are going to be like, why weren't, why was I on board all along? Just because sports betting is legal and just because you sports bet doesn't mean you're out there wasting all of your money on sport on gambling. I mean, that's just like it, it's it's a vice. It's just like if you go out and have drinks, or or you enjoy smoking cigarettes, or you enjoy smoking pot. You know, like. It doesn't mean you have a problem unless you you abuse it. That's a big difference, and I'm glad that the stigma will will finally start to go to bed a little bit. Yeah, and now we're turning into a social activity. You yes, know? I have the most fun gambling when I'm with my friends at yes. a blackjack table. You know, we're having a few beers. You know, that's what makes it fun. It's a, it, it's a social activity. It, it, it's a way to get out and uh, really get out in the community. And we're talking about sports betting now. You're betting with uh, like-minded individuals. Yeah, who might be rooting for the same team as you are. Generally, the where Vegas makes their most money, um, but besides the the fifty fifty split, is when the betting public when the betting public is heavy. So when the betting public is heavy, that means everyone's on the same side of the of the consensus, which means that teams that's normally a bad bet because it, the line has moved so much. But you know what's better? You know what's better than just losing your money? Losing your money while having fun with your friends because you guys are all on the same side of it. You guys are all going through the grief and agony together. It's it, it literally is socializing. Sports betting, no, no, no longer the stigma, man. This is it's amazing, and there's so many possibilities now. As uh, as far as uh, the maintaining the league integrity, do you agree that the NBA and the MLB should be fighting for these fees that to to monitor their sport? Yes, one hundred percent. I think that you know the NBA is going to be a little hard to to shave points, really, like where it could be like abused. What I was worried about, even Jordan Spieth, uh, they interviewed him. Um, about his take on sports betting in, in the PGA, and he's not sure what it would look like, I would be afraid of um, picking rankings for golfers because it is so easy for, let's, I mean, let's look at Bryson DeChambeau, young, just been, been, in, been, in the, been a pro for a, a couple years. How, is, how are you going to say, no one's going to be in his ear to say, you cannot finish 10th or better and we'll give you an extra $5 million? Because you're never going to know if a golfer is really tanking. Like, if you think a golfer's tanking, then you would think about Sergio taking taking that 13 because he hit the green and it just rolled in and he just kept hitting the green. Or Jordan Spieth blowing it at the Masters. Like, if you were really worried about point shaving, like, that, those would be situations like that. Or even, let's do something a little more recent and go with um, Jason Duffner costing himself $770,000 this weekend because he three-putted number 17. And it's a scary precedent because uh, nobody wants to think that that's happening in their sport, right? And, you know, as as sports fans, we definitely don't want to have that nowhere near our mind when we're yeah. watching an event of, oh, you know, is it, well, it, it's, it's the same as uh, worrying if a team is tanking to get a better draft pick. Yeah. I think I think all in all will be good. And, and just like anything, there's always going to be bad apples. But this, for sure, is probably one of the best decisions they've made and i'm so excited for it like this was like that was like my christmas our christmas we are a sports betting podcast yeah and uh one one other thing that that i was thinking about uh while i was crossing my mind is ncaa athletes because you and i have had some pretty good discussions on whether or not ncaa athletes should be paid yeah this is not going to help the argument of that they shouldn't be paid because now we're talking about college football and college basketball are two of the most lucrative sports betting yeah outlets now, now you have these cats who are, you know, the determining factors of the money that's going to be made, and now they're making more money and not getting paid. So many institutions are now going to be making money off their likeness and off of their abilities, and it, it, it really does open a lot of interesting dialogue. 
what happens to Vegas in general? Vegas, for me, it's always been the place to bet on sports. I think this is going to be a great thing for Vegas because now, I mean, it's I'm about to go and straddle the fence here because I did say that it is a vice, all this, all the whatever. But now you're opening the door for people who've never gambled in their entire lives to get into gambling, and then now they got a little taste. What do they? What are they going to want to do now? One thing that everyone always want to do. Go to Las Vegas. Go to Vegas. Gamble in Vegas. Now it's going to bring people in Vegas who've gotten the taste. There were people who had no interest in Vegas before. Because well, what am I going to do? I've never gambled before. Now they now they gambled. Yeah, and if anything, it's going to give them more visibility because now everyone's going to be learning. Well, where are these lines coming from? Yeah, where do you? They're coming from Vegas. Yeah, it's so going to be awesome. Yeah, so it really does put the spotlight on them for sure. I didn't think of it that way, but uh, a lot of different ways you could go with that and. Like I said, it opens up a lot of interesting dialogue that I'm sure that we'll get into this summer. So, does Pete Rose make it to the hall? <laughs> no. No. I, I wish he did, but, Me you know, too. that when you're doing something illegal, it doesn't matter if it's legalized, you're doing something illegal. Yeah. Great transition, though. Yeah. We're going to be talking we're some baseball today. Baseball power rankings. So, ESPN, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, does a uh, weekly power rankings segment. And uh, today, Brad and I are going to break down the top five teams on the power rankings to talk a little bit of baseball. Now, what I thought was really interesting was the headline for this week's power rankings was, can anybody bring down the evil empire? And they were talking about the New York Yankees. <laughs> you know, we knew that the Yankees were going to be a tough team this year. Like, that was something we knew off rip. But this team, led by, and, and don't, I don't care what anybody says, this team led by Aaron Judge. He is batting out, and out. oh my God, out of this world. And... It's just not him. It's everyone. Like, you look at Stanton's playing well, Sanchez, Gregorius is playing good. Like, they're pitching. It's everything. Yeah. Like, when they had some tough matchups, like, even the Astros series, that really scared me. What's scary for me is that Aaron Judge is batting over 300. He's hitting for average. Yes, he's not just average blasting him power. out. Still, yeah. still 11 home runs, too. Yeah, right, which tells me that, you know, the Yankees know that they can put him anywhere on the lineup and see success. Um, they have some anchors for sure, um, but they also have some issues because I want to talk about specifically come playoff time, who are we going to be looking at, right? Yeah. So come playoff time, who are going to be their go-to starters? Luis Severino is having a breakout season. Oh, yeah. We know that. Uh, Tanaka is consistent. A couple question marks are Tabathia and his age. He's pitching well. Yeah. I'm going to hand it to him, but can he go a full season? Can he show that success in the playoffs? And uh, their commodity that they traded for last year and gave up the house for, Sonny Gray. What is he? What's what is up with him? Yeah, he's just and and usually you'll see a guy like this have a tough start in April, but we're getting into May here, and yeah, it, and it's not getting any better. Uh, you've got to think that he's going to be better going into the playoffs. And besides that, by the way, besides Sonny Gray's six three nine ERA, the Yankees are still uh, fourth in the American League in uh, starting pitching ERA. Dude, the Yankees. You know they had a uh, what was that twenty uh, twenty two game stretch where they went nineteen and three yeah. and dude they had a an overall pitching team pitching ERA of two eighty eight. Are you kidding me? You that's hard to beat. And if they pitch like that in the playoffs, just pack it. Yeah, because because you know that the lineup is going to uh, give you the runs. And talking about the trade deadline, if they go after uh, Manny Machado like I think they are, then uh, it could really. Uh, Change some things for them. 
So, uh, looking ahead here, uh, I just want to talk about the bullpen real quick before before we uh, move on to number two. Okay. Uh, because Aroldis Chapman is pitching out of his mind right now. Yes. My God. Yes, he is. I mean, he... So, I've been watching Aroldis Chapman since I saw him come over from Cuba because he started with the Cincinnati Reds organization. And I have never seen him throw a fastball with this much movement on it. He's he's reaching another level, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah. Uh, and when he's on, he's absolutely unhittable. And not not to mention in, in that bullpen, they've got Dylan Patances, Chad Green's having a good season. So as you said, Brad, they're very well-rounded. They do have some question marks yeah. here and there, uh, but improving at the trade deadline and going into the playoffs, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Yes. So let's move over to number two. Um, so wait, before I say anything, Miles, I want to let you know, this sounds so funny, but so, you know, every sport I pick three or four teams um, where I have money on... Um, someone winning it all or money on their division. I have money on the Yankees winning it all as one of my teams. Um, I got them at the beginning of the season um, for plus 800. Then I got them again um, a month into the season at plus like 550. It's a good pick. You're going to ride that all the way into October. Well, I got a little more that's a little exciting as we keep going. All right. So number two. It's got to be the Boston Red Sox. Yes, the Boston Red Sox, another team where I put money on. I picked. I think I have three teams to win it all, a couple to win their division. I put money on Boston to win it all and win their division. Um, I mean, we're you know we're only in May right now, so it's anybody's ball game. But I'm looking pretty. Com- I'm feeling confident about both of these teams. The biggest thing that stood out to me for the Red Sox was JD Martinez is tearing the cover off the ball. Yes, were you surprised about that? Because I mean, even last season he had a great season and. What surprised me, though, is how easily he made the transition from the American League to the National League, back yeah. to the National League to the American League. Mm-hmm. That's how impressive it is for me, which just tells me how good of a player he is. He's currently batting three forty four in the middle of that lineup. Uh, we know they have hitters. Mookie Betts, Hanley Ramirez, Xander Bogarts, all playing really well. Uh, so I'm not worried about the lineup. Yeah, not worried about the lineup. Um, not not worried about the lineup at all. The thing that, pit, that, scares, <laughs> the thing that scares me a little bit is their pitching. Um, I mean, Chris Sale... It's it's like one of these things where when their ace is on the mound, they don't bring their bats. And I know most of the time they're going to get the other team's ace, but it's just like that's when you got to support your guy. Chris Sale is, just keeps picking up no decision after no decision. He'll have solid games, and they'll end up freaking losing because they, they give a, they give up a one-run lead. Yeah, and again, thinking about the playoffs, I mean, that's that's something that come October that you can't do. If, yeah. you're, if your ace is on the mound, he's sporting a 2-1-7 ERA right now. Yeah. You've got to score runs for him. Yeah, and then, I mean, even Pomerantz and, and Rodriguez, I, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of Red Sox baseball because a lot of my friends um, are big, uh, big Red Sox fans. And, you know, Rodriguez started the season pretty solid, but then like now it's, it's like, oh my god, you know Pomerantz is down to give up some runs. That's scary. Like, let's say you're in, you're playing against big bats like the Yankees or like the Astros, and you have a pitcher on the mound who's giving up five and six runs a game. Man, it's scary. That's scary. Yeah, and with and with the issues that they've had with David Price, you know, you wonder where he is. Yeah. come playoff time, and you you wonder where he is in the rotation. And not to mention, the bullpen's got issues too. Beyond Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, who who's is a hands beast. down, yeah, yeah uh, top three relief pitcher in the league. Uh, there's not a whole lot of arms in that bullpen, and that's a that's not just a concern here. That's a universal concern for the Red Sox right now. And the other problem is at the trade deadline, there's not a lot of places that you can go to upgrade. Yeah, that's really scary. Um, question I wanted to ask you. Um, this is a far fetched question, Miles. So if you don't have a good answer, just let me know. Mookie Betts, 
How many home runs do you think he, he finishes the season with? Finishes? Yeah, just give me an es- estimate. You think it's going to be close to that 50 mark? Or is that just insane to believe? I feel like he'll slow down. Yeah. I mean, I'll give him... I'll, like 38? I'll give him 40. 40? Okay, I I'll just want to know. I'll say he hits the 40 mark. He's, I mean, he's batting so well. Yeah, and he's he's really becoming one of the uh, most complete players in yeah. baseball, along with uh, Mike Trout, in my opinion. Uh, and while we're talking about hitting, I just wanted to point out one of their biggest concerns right now, uh, who Jackie Bradley was supposed to be a consistent part of this lineup. He's batting 088 against left-handed hitters. Dude, two years in a row, he's been disappointing. Really disappointing, man. Like, ugh. And, I, you know, I want to root for him because he, he we share the same name. Like, he's Jackie Bradley. I'm Bradley. There you go. Uh, so that, that that's a hole in the outfield. Um, but uh, all signs pointing towards a great finish in the American League East between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yep. All right, moving on to number three. It's another very interesting team. How about the defending champion, Houston Astros? Yes. Um, go ahead. My bad. So I think that, again, I'm going to look at playoff time here. Last year, the Astros got by with amazing starting pitching in the playoffs. And they kind of winged it with their bullpen and just kind of rode the hot hand. Now, I think that they can do that again, but... That's still going to be listed as a concern. Uh, Ken Giles is currently closing games for them right now. I feel like they're almost having kind of like a trial and error period with their bullpen right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, last year in the postseason, Ken Giles, his best pitch is the slider. And ever since the playoffs where he completely lost control of that pitch, he hasn't even been throwing it. And his ERA is suffering. Uh, that's something very specific, but going into the playoffs, I, but here's the thing, man. I don't think it's going to matter because I think that they have the best rotation their rotation is sick yeah i mean and i think that like they they know that their rotation is so sick if they could stretch these guys past that seven and a half inning mark it it really just comes down to can your bats produce because you can go through your bullpen woes when you're up four runs you know for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to the houston astros and yankees and red sox fans because you're so into yourselves i'm looking at you listen to this rotation god verlander one two one era Keuchel, 3-1 ERA. Lance McCullers, who, by the way, I think was the most important piece of that World Series team last yeah. year. I don't care about Verlander. McCullers was the one who came in and made some really big starts for them. 3-6-3 ERA. Garrett Cole, over from the Pirates, 1-7-5 ERA. Charlie Morton, 2 ERA. And, you know, I I was wondering it, how uh, Cole would come, you know, come into this team and fit into this rotation. And this rotation is nasty. And I have three. I do fantasy baseball, for anybody who didn't know. I have three of these pitchers in my rotation. That's sick. Yeah, I got Morton, uh, Verlander, and McCullers. On the other, on the other side of the ball, uh, on the offensive side, uh, still a pretty strong lineup. Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve completely anchor the middle of the infield and this lineup. Yeah, in my opinion, because right now their power hitters really aren't hitting. Yeah, and and don't you know don't count on George Springer too out out in the outfield. Really good baseball player. Yeah, he's become one of my favorite players over the last couple of years. Uh, I think he'll be fine come playoff time. Uh, they need Evan Gaddis to start hitting. He, he you know he's only sitting at two oh nine. Um, but with this pitching that they have, they're not really going to have to score that many runs, especially when we're talking about a condensed season that the MLB postseason is. Yeah. Like you said, if the starting pitching is going past the seventh inning, there's not a whole lot that you have to worry about. Yeah, and they they built this team right. They built it to win and, and win games fashionably. Like, I, I don't know. When I watched that series versus the, the the Yankees, the Yankees were just hot. You know, that's a big difference yeah. between the Astros are good. And I'm not saying that, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't think the Yankees are good. I think they're great. But they, they have been hot. We'll see what happens when it gets down to the middle of the season and they start to cool down. And speaking of, really exciting to watch those teams, uh, two teams go at it, especially after we had that 
amazing ALCS last year. Yeah. I think it was a really great preview of things to come. Uh, I think that we're going to see these these three teams specifically. I think we're going to see them at the top of the power rankings uh, all year long. Uh, but moving on here, what's interesting is that the top four teams are from only two divisions because the Astros are currently competing with the Los Angeles Angels. Yes. I know I, I just want to say this, man. Otani is something that we've never seen before, man. Ever. He is a freak of nature. We need to sit back and just recognize what we're watching with him because for for somebody like that to come in and have a successful April and May on both sides, yeah. on the mound and at the plate, kid's batting 342 with five home runs, yeah. 16 RBIs. 358 ERA. He's got a 3 and 1 record. He is the difference maker. The number 1 difference maker. Yes. And let's give a little love while we're at it to uh to Simmons. Simmons is a wizard defensively. I, 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 and you know, I'm I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to be honest. The Angels <laughs> before they got Otani, I I they never watched much of their baseball. Yeah. But then I kept hearing this name Otani and I keep watching their games and then that's when you start to notice other players. Like everyone knows Mike Trout, but then you start to you start to see these guys who are who are batting well, who are, who's playing great defense, who's pitching well, and it, it starts to change your opinion. You see why they have the record that they have. And I'm glad that you brought up Simmons because that uh, in this quote-unquote rebuild, but I really call it a build around Mike Trout. Yeah. So in this build, he was probably the best acquisition for them besides Otani uh, mm-hmm. coming over from the Braves. He's been great. Justin Upton's been great. Justin Upton's been really lineup. good too, yeah. Uh, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. He, he He's probably the best player in baseball, uh, just the way that he's being pitched to right now. Uh, he seems to walk every time he comes up to the plate. Uh, they do have a couple question marks here, all right? So for me, uh, growing up an Albert Pujols fan and also hating him because he played for the Cardinals for so many years. He's done. He seems to be done, man. He seems to be at the end of his line. Yeah. And, you know, I when they signed him, I think they signed him, what was that, like five, six years ago? They signed yeah. him like a 10-year contract, so they still got a lot of money writing on this guy, but he's just not very useful right now. Not at all. He's not going out like, you know, look like Big Poppy went out like, Bats flying. It's right. nothing like that, you know. Yeah. It's like you like. It's like they're singing his swan song because they know like he's at the end of that line. Uh, not a whole lot of big names in the rotation, but Garrett Richards at the top as a number one option. Yep. Uh, will be good. But I'm going to tell you right now, in this long season that goes all the way through September, that rotation can't compete with the Astros, and I think that the Astros will eventually pull away. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I 100% agree. But a very bright future for the Angels. Uh, they have two big pieces to build around with uh, Trout and Otani. Uh, Cole Calhoun starts hitting, maybe, because right now he's not. Uh, that'll be a big help. So, bright future for them. And by the way, those four teams that we just mentioned at the top are all in the American League. Yes. The National League is in trouble, and I want to get into that in a minute. But first, let's talk about, objectively, the best team in the National League so far, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yep, I put money on Arizona Diamondbacks, what, the, the NL West, for them the NL West, and then I put money on them to win the NL then I also put money on them to win it all, and the odds for them to win it all were like I put a sucker bet on there, so not a lot of money, but the odds were just too good to be true. I mean, if, who knows? Um, was it uh, Pollock who just got who, who's down on the DL now? Yeah, that but, was that's big because yeah. he, he's going to probably be was out forty eight weeks. Yeah, that, yeah, I saw like eight weeks, six yeah. to eight weeks was a lot. And he's uh, a very important something. Yeah, and, and he's a very important piece to the lineup that's not hitting right now. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be trouble. That's going to be something to look at because I'm telling you. Uh, with the Rockies being steady, the Dodgers have not been playing well, but you know it's only a matter of time. Yeah. This is the time for them to gain ground in that division, um, specifically the Dodgers. The Giants are even playing pretty well. They're two games over 500. Uh, Pollock being out is going to hurt. Yes, it will. Big time. 
Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is batting 213. This is the worst season that he has had. Dude, you know, um, I, I like Goldschmidt a lot too, and so I drafted him, and I'm sick of watching him on the plate, man. Just hit the dog Especially ball. Yeah, as a fantasy owner, it's got to be so frustrating. Yes, just hit the ball. They're, they're pitching him low and away, and he can't reach balls anymore. And part of the reason of this is because the rest of the lineup isn't hitting. Yeah. What the hell were they doing letting J.D. Martinez walk to the Red Sox? <laughs> hey, the man. I hope they learned a very valuable lesson because J.D. Martinez was one of the biggest reasons that they made that playoff run last yeah. year. And he's proving how uh, valuable he is with that 344 average over there in Boston. Uh, so I just I, I I just had to get that out. Uh, David Peralta is having a good season um, in the outfield, but other than that, man, um, I think that this lineup is going to continue to struggle as long as Pollock is out. Yeah, I think they'll be I think they'll be just fine until it comes playoff time. They do have a National League best staff ERA of three one six. Yeah, very good. It, which is surprising because I mean, I look at their their pitching. It's not. It's nothing. Their rotation is nothing compared to the rotations that we were just railing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, because for me, they really only have two options. I think that Granky and Corbin are really going to lead yeah. the way for them. And then it's a major drop-off. Yeah, major drop-off. Uh, Boxberger has been a great option at closer, Yeah. Uh, by the way, with a two ERA. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I can't disagree with putting Arizona at five. And if I'm remembering correctly, uh, six, seven, eight, they were all National League teams. I know the Cardinals are up there. The Cubs are up there. I want to make it very clear that the Cubs are still my pick to win the National League. Okay. Uh, that's that's still where I sit. I think that they still have uh, the best rotation. I still think that they have in the National League. Uh, best bullpen, best lineup. So that's why Arizona, you know, because I think the American League's up for grabs. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think the Angels will drop off. But th- those three at the top. Yankees, Red Sox, Astros. It's going to be tough for, for any of them to win the lead because it's going to be really competitive. Yep. I can't agree with you more. Um, I think this is going to be like one of those situations where, you know, it's just like the NBA Finals we got going. When it comes down when it comes down to the World Series, uh, we know that American League team is going to take it. And, and, you know, that's a bold statement to say this early, but the, the difference in, in, in the games, the games that are played, the, the blowouts that are happening – the pitching, it's its like, Miles, you know, I've been paying so much attention to baseball this year because of fantasy, and these American League teams are good, 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 good. And the numbers don't lie. It's its almost like we're seeing this, how an NBA, the Western Conference, just started dominating the Eastern Conference. Yeah. We could be trending in that direction. It also seems to me that all the money is in the American League. Yeah. So, so they're more willing to go out and make those moves with the trade deadline. It's going to be a very active trade deadline for that reason because these teams in the American League know how much better that they have to be to compete for the pennant. Yep, and then the offseason is going to be great too because we already know freaking Bryce is moving over to the American League and someone's going to pay him. Huge. He will. Yeah, he will, and for that reason, you know, uh, so that's that's where these uh, big name stars are willing to go. And by the way, if I could go on my soapbox for a second, okay, I just want to say because I've been, I've always been so critical of Major League Baseball and their lack of ability to market their superstars. But I think that right now we are in a place where we're finally starting to get some traction on these guys. Yeah, I think it's, and also these guys are starting to be cooler. Like with the emergence of social media being such a big thing, yeah. I mean, I saw this picture of Stanton uh, hanging out with, uh, well, who was it? Donald Glover, um, like three of like super sick rappers and actors, and I mean, it's not like he's not like he's 
wasn't in a good market before, but right. now he's in New York. You yeah, know? and imagine if like Derek Jeter, or Alex Rodriguez played in, in the the era of social and, media. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. It helps that these guys. Speaking of Aaron Judge and John Carl Stanton specifically, or Chapman, it helps that they're playing in New York because yes. that gives them more visibility. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout's playing in L.A. Uh, Bryce Harper's a big one. He, you know, he's playing in Washington. Um, you know, you've got uh, Mookie Betts now opening up for Boston. So, and Major League Baseball now recognizes what they have with these guys. And it also helps that they're starting to play each other in these series. So now yep. maybe we can start to get some of these rivalries. Uh, the Cubs have a lot of marketable players. Yeah, Chris it, Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are gold. Yes. Yes, yes. And you could see, I mean, you could tell, like, even these players who are these marketing beautiful faces are in on great marketable teams. Yeah. And that's one thing I kind of like about baseball over basketball is, like, I mean, you have marketable guys in basketball, but honestly, no one could tell you, like, what team they play for. Like, if you look at the Greek freak, no one knows he plays for Milwaukee. But, I mean, if you look at Chris Bryant, everyone knows he plays for the Cubs. Yeah. Everyone. And I was just trying to compare, like, skill level, skill level, like, in the rankings. Yeah, for sure. So, and that's and that's why that we're now seeing this change where I think that people are starting to pay attention to baseball a little more. Yeah. I mean, the sport never struggled, right? You know, people say that baseball had been a dying sport. Don't you worry. Baseball is here to stay because of local TV contracts. Those owners are making bank. Yeah. Um, but as far as an overall popularity of the sport, like you said, man, social media is making a big impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, so who do you have to win the World Series? So if I had to make a pick right now, smart money is going to be on the Yankees. Okay. But I'm going to stick with my Cubs pick. Okay. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Despite everything that we just said about the American League National League, it's too early for me to go against my preseason pick of the Cubs. That's who I'm sticking with. Cool. I'm going to ride I'm gonna ride with uh, the Red Sox just because I'm going to win more money if they win. <laughs> all right, good. So I'm all be, about money. Just, just be a little more invested. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Miles, I'm glad we uh, got to talk a little baseball. Um, I'm glad our Christmas has just passed with the uh, passing of the bill. Um, in closing, I invite everyone to download us on iTunes, Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on uh, Tuned In. We're on SoundCloud. Just welcome to the house. Um, and if you want to tweet us, it's best the house. Just be sure you guys are dropping lines, rating us. We appreciate all the ratings we've been getting. Um, maybe we'll read some reviews here coming up next episode. Uh, but keep loving us. Thank you so much, guys.